you. I am honored to read this exclamation, this praise from the book of Psalms, Psalm 47, 1 through 9. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with loud songs of joy, for the Lord most high is awesome, a great king over all the earth. He subdued people under us and nations under our feet. He chose our heritage for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loves, Selah. God has gone up with the shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our king. Sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with a psalm. God is king over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the people gather as the people of God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you for your patience with our technical difficulties. I bet we can get those background slides working for the next service. It's wonderful to hear the word read in the lovely voice of our dear friend. Sarah is also running sound today, so she's got a, a couple of different jobs that she's taking care of for us. Let's take a deep breath. And let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight this morning, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We're going to start today's message with a video. It's a very short video, so I'm going to ask you to focus pretty quickly so you don't miss it. There's no sound, so don't be distracted by that. The background noise was really loud, so I just removed the sound altogether. You don't need the sound. Just watch the two children in the video to see what is happening. Are you ready? Okay, so what you're seeing there is a recording of my daughter, Olivia, and her cousin, my nephew, Jack. We can keep playing it. That's okay. What, what are they doing? What do you see, what do you see the, the person who is in the audience doing? What? Clapping. Yes, that's what I was looking for, Rick. Clapping. They're clapping. They're taking turns introducing themselves in this tiny little theater in a children's museum, and the person in the audience is clapping to support each other. I want to watch it. I want you to watch it one more time and really focus on the clapping, okay? There she goes. She's getting ready. (laughs) 
These three-year-olds are so precious. I just can't get enough of that video because they are clapping for each other simply for showing up <laughs> and for being there. And it got me to thinking about the social custom of clapping. We clap our hands for all sorts of reasons. And we can use clapping to catch attention or to intimidate, but more often than not, we're using the gesture of clapping to show joy and celebration and delight. Clapping also brings with it a host of benefits. It helps us engage our whole body, elevates our energy, stimulates our mind, improves our blood circulation, and brings feelings of positivity. And let's be honest, most of us like to clap. We like it so much that we even made clapping available in our Zoom meetings and in our text messages with that little icon that you see right there. Clapping is universal. It means everything, the same thing in every language. It's contagious. It makes us feel good. And it can also rally us in a single moment toward a specific purpose or cause. That's what Sarah read about. Clap your hands, all you peoples, the writer of Psalm 47 says. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. In the very first verse of this psalm, we hear the call to unite our voices. This is one of the greatest strengths of the psalms in our holy text. And again, we're talking about five smaller books within the larger book, Five books of 150 ancient hymns written over 500 years by eight different people at least, written by and for the people of God. And that's part of the point. These words come from the people of God. And as the people of God, we can find community in these words. That's the whole premise behind our six-week series, The Voice of the People. And today is week three. So far, we have stood in awe of God's wonderful attributes in our study of Psalm 145, which is a psalm of praise. Last week, we acknowledged the hope that can come from grief as we studied Psalm 6, a psalm of lament. And today brings us to Psalm 47, which is known as a royal psalm, a psalm of royalty. And it also begins with praise. Clap your hands. Shout with joy. These praises are directed at God, the Lord Most High, a great king over all the earth. We talked a couple of weeks ago about God's role as the ultimate king, a leader of wisdom and compassion. And we can find that same theme in every type of psalm. But the royal psalms, they take the notion of king and kingdom to another level. Royal psalms typically celebrate God as king of all kings, or they demonstrate a human king's role in religion and faith, or both. You see, it wasn't just the king's job to rule the kingdom for the sake of the social and economic welfare of the people. The king in the Hebrew tradition technically was given oversight of the workings of the temple as well. It was a king's job to give order and structure to the spiritual customs of the people as the priests would do. The king's responsibility as the spiritual leader of the people was to be modeled after God's own attitude and action toward the people. And that's really the emphasis of Psalm 47. 
These nine verses, they give us a picture of God's character as king, which is to demonstrate how all other kings were expected to rule in a manner worthy of praise. Specifically, in Psalm 47, we are presented with a God and a king who subdues the nations and chooses the heritage of the people, ascends into heaven to the sounds of trumpets, rules all the nations of the earth, sits on the throne, and shields the people. And in leading in this way, in giving the people an identity and security, this God-King is to be exalted and praised, and that's the job of the people. It's precisely the job of the people to clap hands and shout with joy and sing praises and gather as the people of God. So it's the connection between the king's leadership and the people's worship that is of interest to us today. The connection between the king's leadership and the people's worship. One of the things that brought the people great relief and the freedom to be happy was the stability that the king brought to their life. Now that's presuming that we're talking about a good king, right? A just and fair king. And we know that our holy text is full of stories to the contrary, full of stories about kings who ruled with chaos. But the king in Psalm 47 brings order. Order is a bit of a stuffy word. It can feel strict and void of choice. Rhythm is a word that works just as well, especially in terms of our spiritual life. But what if I told you there was no such thing as a spiritual life? All of life is spiritual. As children of God, followers of Jesus, who are to be guided by the Holy Spirit, all of life is spiritual. We are to be living into our identity as the children of God and following Jesus and listening to the Spirit in everything that we do. I'm talking about worshiping at church, of course, but also relating with our coworkers, completing daily tasks with our family, going to the grocery store, using the self-check, making bank transactions, all of it. How we behave in our interactions with other human beings, especially when we are stressed. How we behave when we are stressed reflects how much influence the love of God, the ways of Jesus, and the power of the Holy Spirit really have on us. That's what I mean when I say that all of life is spiritual. Jesus would not have conceived of a separation between a spiritual life and any other kind of life. There's just life. One life. And the practice of faith is life-giving. So it connects us to the source of all life. And it's a rhythm of life, an order of life that keeps everything in sync. We've talked about common spiritual practices many times. We're talking once again about prayer and reading scripture and singing praises and worshiping in community like we are today serving others, giving generously, observing silence and solitude, meditating, walking in nature, studying educationally and devotionally, maintaining a gratitude list or what we would call counting our blessings. Now, many of us in this room and online 
have participated in most of these practices at various times in our life, and they can be helpful at any time for any length of time. But what really gives these practices power in our lives is consistency, a regular rhythm of spiritual practices establishes an order in our lives that empowers us to process and function in our experiences of chaos in healthy ways. And the cool thing about rhythms is that they can change, right? They're designed to change because life changes, circumstances change, resources change, schedules change, needs change. And when change happens, it's time to re-examine our spiritual practices to consider what is working for us and what might need to be adjusted for our sake, for our overall health and well-being, but also for the sake of people with whom we interact. So what you have in your hand, I hope, that you picked up as you walked in is a sheet that says finding your rhythm. And so we're going to take just a minute, just a minute, to look at these practices. They are listed and also they give you a visual representation. You can circle it if you want to, you don't have to, but I'd like you to take a minute to reflect. What practices are serving me pretty well right now? And what are some that I would like to try? Because it's always a good time to consider, maybe my rhythm needs to change a little bit, this is a good time to do that. So Chuck is going to play for us. We're going to take just a minute. Consider your spiritual practices, your current ones and ones you would like to try. Would anyone be brave enough to share a practice you'd like to try or to restart? Yes, Natalie. Walking in nature. That's a good one. Yeah. Anyone else? Yes, Kathy. Observing silence. I have to tell you, that's one that I come back to over and over again because I struggle. I struggle with that one. Yes. Betty, did I see your hand? Serving others, yeah. We can always find a new way to do that, can't we? Yeah, there's just something to think about. Olivia, praying, yes. It's just something to think about. It might be time to shake up your rhythm a bit, and you might find some benefits there. So if you are thinking about trying a new practice and you'd like some guidance or some additional information about it, just Ask me, make an appointment to talk to me or talk to me today. These practices, they play a critical role in our own spiritual growth and development as individual followers of Jesus, which absolutely affects the health of our community and our ability to serve beyond ourselves. In fact, these practices, they give us the courage and the presence of mind to show up 
for each other in times of need. More than that, they nourish us at a soul level so that we can find as much delight in showing up for each other as Olivia and Jack did in that children's museum, clapping their hands at the sheer delight of being together and supporting each other. Of course, life is much more difficult than these two three-year-olds know right now, thanks be to God. But they'll learn the hard way, like we did. And it's my hope and my prayer for Olivia and for Jack and for you and for me that when the great challenges of life come, and we know that they will and they do, that when the great challenges of life come, we will have established a rhythm of life with our spiritual practices that will enable us not only to make it through, but to come out on the other side, clapping with praise. So if you have no idea where to start or to restart with the spiritual practices, you can start with praying the Psalms. And on the back of your sheet here, you have Psalm 47. There's a guide. It will help you pray Psalm 47 as we've been praying the other Psalms. I've given you step-by-step -step direction about how to do this. Remember, praying the Psalms connects us with the community of God in all places, in all time. And helping us find this community in the ancient hymns is something that we can cling to every time we open our Bible to the Psalms. As we rediscover these helpful truths, such as in our text for today, our God is awesome and is present everywhere in the earth. Clap your hands, all ye peoples. This is good news. God is present in all of the earth. Clap your hands, all you peoples. This is good news. This news is good enough, in fact, for us to order our lives around it. Amen? Amen. We have come to the time in our service when we pray together as a community we share our prayer concerns through email. It's an email that Janet McQueen sends every Monday. If you're not receiving that and you want to be a part of that, please just let me know, and we will add you to that list. You can also submit prayer requests through our email and through our website. Kids, in your worship bags, you will find a wooden cross. Can you find your cross, Olivia? Yeah. You can hold the cross as we pray as a reminder that we are connected. We are connected with God, and we are connected with each other as well. So I invite you all to take a deep breath. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, help us now to unclutter our lives to organize ourselves in the direction of simplicity. Teach us to listen to our hearts. Teach us to welcome change instead of fearing it. We give you these stirrings inside of us. We give you discontent. We give you restlessness. We give you doubt. We give you despair. 
We give you all of the longings that we hold inside. And we ask that you would help us to listen to the signs of change. Listen to the signs of growth. Listen seriously and follow where they lead. To the breathtaking empty space of an open door. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.